0: It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show, everyone. I want to get on here get live. So if you join chat, uh, leave any sort of questions. Let's have a fun conversation about the 49ers, a fun conversation about 49ers versus Cardinals and just anything that you want to talk about, because let's be honest, there's still a lot going on with the San Francisco 49ers. And I'd like to welcome everyone to the show that's just jumped in. Thank you so much for joining. So the 49ers and the Cardinals are getting ready to square off, and everyone's been talking about this matchup because the Cardinals have done such a good job of coming out and really surprising some people. Uh, Most thought that the Cardinals were going to want to fade away into the night and go ahead and and draft the quarterback number one, move on uh, from the current quarterback situation that they have, and go with the next great big quarterback quarterback. But what we've seen is that they are not going away. They are not going quietly into that night. They are stepping up and they're playing hard uh, for their new coach, Coach Gannon, and they're really playing a good brand of football. They weren't able to get it done in weeks one and two, but they found the magic against da- the Dallas Cowboys and got it done in that game. And I think it's it's been something that uh, the Cardinals have been working on is just executing with a roster that's really not as good as most of the teams that they're going to play. The other teams are really talented, but what you've got is a team that's playing and executing at a high level, and I think right now they are a danger to any team that they play. So the Arizona Cardinals are not going quietly into the night, which means any given Sunday they can win. And I think the 49ers understand that. The 49ers understand the difficulties and problems that an Arizona Cardinals team Provides because, as we've talked about this week, the Arizona Cardinals uh, on offense in the run game is pretty good. So, I think the run game is going to test the 49ers in a few different avenues. Uh, but the 49ers are one of the best at really breaking it down and getting into uh, dominating and setting the edge. And I just finished my last breakdown for Patreon, the film breakdown, and it went really well because uh, the 49ers were just dynamite. And I'll be honest, Oren Burke stood out at a big way to me. He was fantastic in that game, getting downhill, making tackles in the run. I think if the Cardinals put the 49ers into uh, run boxes with him being in the base 4-3, I think he could be highly uh, successful. So football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all sports wagering info with all up-to-the-date minutes, stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with bet Online's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week 1 all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you the access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use your promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, in all caps, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So where does this game start? Well, I think this game starts in the trenches, where you've got two teams that are are pretty talented. The 49ers offensive line has definitely uh, been playing at a interesting level. I think at times they play really well, and you see them execute at a high level, and they make a lot of plays. And then when you look at the Arizona Cardinals, their offensive line played really well against Dallas. A dominant performance against Dallas, in fact. They were able to get it done on the offensive line, and I looked at their their roster overall, and I thought DJ Humphreys and Paris Johnson have been the guys who uh, handled Micah Parsons and stood out. I thought they did a, a very good job in that game, and I was Uh, impressed. I mean, really, that's what you walk away with when you're watching the All-22 is just that they are impressive. And so the 49ers are going to have their work cut out for them in this game to be able to stop James Conner and this run game. And I think a lot of it's going to depend on Joshua Dobbs and what he can do uh, with his legs as well. But uh, that offensive line and them being able to run the football is going to be highly important. And we'll see. We'll see if they can get a run game going against this 49ers impressive uh, defensive line. Because the 49ers defensive line has just been playing at such a high level. Kinlaw has been a welcomed addition. We haven't really got to see Kinlaw stay healthy and play well. And through three games, he's looked spectacular. This one, he looked really great as well. Not just getting penetration. Uh, not just rushing the passer. Not just you know stopping the run. But also chasing down he was running players down he was giving help down the field that's encouraging because that's one thing that Javon Kinlaw hasn't been able to consistently do uh, is make those sorts of plays because of his knee it's just been a real drawback ever since his rookie year Uh, but he's been able to do it in a big way and I've been impressed you know with what Javon Kinlaw has been doing you know playing defensive tackle and Steve Wilk's willingness to run five defensive linemen on the front it, it was fun there was so many great plays when i watched it all back on the all 22 film breakdown where you just see how quickly those five guys get there and why is that significant well they're willing to pull drake greenlaw most of the time off the field to institute a fifth defensive lineman just the thought of doing that it's got to show you how much they believe they can get home And what it does is it frees up one of those guys or two of those guys to be in one-on-one situations. And a lot of times that means it frees up uh, Javon Hargrave over the center. And that is a mismatch because playing center is difficult enough. You have all the responsibilities of knowing where you're supposed to slide the protection, all the blocking, the snap count. But you also snap the football and have your arm between your legs. And when you do, that gives a defensive lineman, especially one, lined up head up on you a significant advantage if they take advantage of that arm being down there uh, they can make some work to that side and get there and Hargrave does a very good job of taking advantage of centers taking advantage of their balance and he beats them before they even have a chance but that's all started because of the formation the 49ers are running which is basically a 5-2 and it has been working at a pretty high rate I'm curious to see what teams do to kind of counteract what the 49ers are doing with that front because it does allow avenues to be able to throw the football if you can hold up with your protection because it opens extra windows with there not being the extra linebacker or a nickel corner. There are situations that they can find open receivers and get the ball out. So I'm curious how much these teams are going to be able to get into their passing game or if the 49ers just can continue to do what they do and get it out. And what's up, Justin? How's it going? Uh, Justin in the house says yo aunt how's it going Uh, appreciate you coming through and if you guys got anything you want to ask just go ahead and ask any questions live Q&A is here what's up Josh Josh in the house gotta love Josh coming through Uh, and you know I think it's it's significant uh, the five man front because it stops the run in a big way I don't think anyone's going to be able to line up and run the football and I don't care what team it is against a 49ers five man front that consists of bosa Farrell, hardgrave armstead and kinlaw it's it's absolutely ridiculous how good they are in that sort of situation so can the 49ers come out and run a five-man defensive front against the arizona cardinals i think the cardinals are going to try to dictate situations uh, that make that a little bit more difficult they are definitely willing to go with a different type of set. Uh, but we got questions coming in, so I definitely want to hop onto these. Justin says, should the 49ers go after Patrick Sertan II? This is interesting. I actually put in my notes this was something that I've been interested in talking about because uh, there has been the conversations about Sertan pretty much all over Twitter, all over social media. I've even se- seen some you know, pretty interesting articles, and his dad is not happy. Of course, uh, Patrick Sertan the first. Not exactly happy with the scenario that the Denver Broncos have put him in. Interesting about Sertan, he's in the last year of his contract. So we don't know what the Denver Broncos think about Patrick Sertan and his future with the team. You would think that he would be a piece they would want to hold on to uh, because his abilities and the fact that he's a foundational piece in the secondary. But we've seen them move on from players like this before. Bradley Chubb was also a player that they deemed as a foundational piece, and they were willing to move on from him. Vaughn Miller, a foundational piece. They were willing to move on from him. And I know Miller was a little bit further along in his career, but someone that never really wanted to leave Denver. I think for the right offer, the 49ers would entertain this because it would solve some of their defensive back you know, conversations. We've seen that Diamond Lenore's done a good job on the outside. But I think there are some worries still about Isaiah Oliver against quick wide receivers. And that's one thing I'm worried about in this matchup. Isaiah Oliver matched up with Rondell Moore or with Hollywood Brown in the slot. It's a little bit confusing uh, that, you know, whether he'll be able to stay with them. I'm not sure. I like him against bigger wide receivers. I I liked him against, uh, you know, uh, Darren Waller with the Giants. I thought that was interesting. But it, I think it would be interesting for the Forty to get a lockdown corner on the outside, which Sertan is, opposite of Charvarius Ward, which would free up Deomar Lenore to play the nickel, which I think he's very good at. He's good at uh, not just the uh, passing game, but also the run game as well. And what's up, Spy Nick Danger? Spy Nick Danger's in the house. Uh, so I do think they would entertain it. It all depends on what it would take to get him, uh, because he's in the last year of his contract. You don't want to give up a one. Uh, could we get something closer to the McCaffrey deal, a second, a third, you know, something of that nature, a fourth? Uh, if the Fourniers thought that was going to put him over the top, I would say yes. I think it's more likely that you get a littler move, uh, something smaller. Uh, and if you're looking to stabilize your nickel corner spot, just so everyone remembers who's on the Denver Broncos, K1 Williams is there. That might be something where it's a late-round draft pick. You bring K1 Williams in. You know what the shark can do in your nickel situations. The only thing you have to worry about, again, is those deep fade patterns. Uh, but, I mean, if Sertan's the big name, if he's available, that's a big splash. Josh says, after watching the film, I noticed they rotated all four stages at some points. Your thoughts? I did think that was interesting. I did see George Odom out there, Jair Brown. Um, I thought that was interesting. I think you're talking about the Niners. So I, I did think, you know, that was surprising to see those guys out there. But I think the 49ers are kind of meddling around with different looks including three uh, safety looks and i think part of the way that you can do it is by getting those guys out there in situations uh, to kind of see where they're at i think a lot of it has to do with those guys Uh, i seen Jair brown playing a little bit deeper than i expected i thought we'd see him around the box but we did see odom up there Uh, there were good plays by both players and then some just that were insignificant they didn't really matter the play didn't go to them but i thought it was interesting to see how the 49ers went about using their four safeties. We'll see if that trend continues. Maybe the 49ers plan on you know using more three safety looks. Uh, because the certain matchups that they're going to get. Because they put uh, Gibson one-on-one with Darren Waller sometimes. Which absolutely surprised me. I did not think they would want to go with that matchup at all. Uh, Justin says, we got to slow down Connor and contain their quarterback. I think that's a key. Uh, James Conner is going to be a focus of the 49ers defense. They want to limit his effectiveness. And if they can limit his effectiveness and limit uh, the things they do with Joshua Dobbs, with Rondell Moore, um, then they're going to have an opportunity to make some big-time plays against uh, this Arizona Cardinals defense. Because I think if you get Joshua Dobbs in third and longs, you can absolutely get after him. And one thing I noticed in the in the film against Daniel Jones, the 49ers did such a good job with pass rush lane integrity and also uh, Steve Wilkes bringing Blitz to match that pass rush lane integrity to make sure Daniel Jones didn't have avenues to get free. Even when he was uh, capable of scrambling, the 49ers had a linebacker or defensive lineman there and ready to keep him within the pocket or to chase him down. I thought it was a master class in defense of how to handle a quarterback that has the ability to scramble, to extend plays. And I thought they did a good job of keeping Daniel Jones off balance. And with the pressure rate, it was really difficult. So, yeah, stop the run early. That'll create great situations on third down. It's the goal. And the Cardinals haven't been great on third down this year. Uh, that's one area they're not as good as, like, the Rams were 64% week one, uh, 54%, or 50% week two. They were very effective. The Cardinals are not effective. They're closer to 40% conversion rate on third down. 49ers holding teams under 40%. So uh, it's good. That's how you get off the field, and I think you're right. Stop the run early and get it done there. Uh, Let's see this. Uh, David Ross says, something more realistic than Tan. maybe Jalen Johnson from the Bears. I think that that's realistic. You start looking at teams that are really struggling. Uh, teams that, you know, are going to be 0-6, 0-7, and and then all of a sudden Caleb Williams becomes a real possibility and what they start doing to stockpile talent, stockpile draft capital. So I think there's going to be players that become available. I think this is actually early. Uh, I think there's going to be more teams that are brought into this when they realize that they don't have a realistic chance at the playoffs. They will start making some of their players available. So I think right now this is the first wave Patrick Sertan, Uh, Being talked about, Uh, you know, there's other players on other teams that are being talked about as well. And I think there'll be even more added to this list. If teams start falling away, uh, there's going to be players available. I know Raider players, they're starting to be a little bit of unrest with their core group as well. So we'll see. There's going to be guys available. I think Patrick Sertan is just one of the first ones that comes to mind. And everyone just pictures a 49ers defense that has this defensive line, linebacker core, With a secondary, that's absolutely locked down. That's why he comes there. But, yeah, realistic options are probably kind of where the 49ers are going to head. And Spide Nick Danger says hit that like button. Yeah, thanks so much, Spide Nick Danger. If you're watching, like the video. I really appreciate that so much. Uh, Subscribe to the channel. Uh, Big time, it goes to help. It doesn't cost you a thing to subscribe, but it it means a lot. And David Morazzo says let's bring back DJ Jones Yeah, DJ Jones hasn't been effective since he played with Denver. DJ Jones, as part of this rotation, would be absolutely ridiculous. Uh, You have Hargrave, you have Armstead. If you brought DJ Jones back, it would be ridiculous. I don't know if you can afford that contract. I know you can because you freed up $41 million. uh, But the truth is you want most of that money to roll over into next season. Uh, So, yes, you would be taking on a big contract. Do you want to take on a big contract for a – backup player as part of the rotation is he better than kevin Givens? absolutely would him and Kev, uh, him and javon kinlaw be the the best you know backups in the nfl yes if something happened to a starter with dj jones make a lot of sense yes uh, but we'll see I, I would love that it sounds great i just i don't know if that makes the most sense financially for what the Fourniers are trying to do if it's a name that's going to put you over the top it's an edge rusher opposite of bosa you know, that's better than Farrell and Jackson that's going to get you double-digit sacks. I think those are type needle-moving uh, moves that you go ahead and make. Patrick Sertan, who's going to lock down and secure your secondary, I think that would be a potential name. Uh, so I don't know, but I, I do like DJ Jones. Portola says, K1 would be perfect. Broncos will take a late-round pick. Yeah, that's when I started looking up. I started looking up, you know, guys who... Uh, we're on rosters that maybe would be cheaper that the 49ers could add, especially a guy like K1 Williams who understands the system already. I know the 49ers moved on from him once, but you know now you have a situation where nickel's really your weakness. And if you move forward with Diameter Lenore consistently playing on the outside, you do need a guy to play in the slot when you're not playing Isaiah Oliver. And I think K1 Williams could be one of those guys. I don't think you could get some of the other guys away from them, uh, if, if you could, I love Damari Mathis, their other cornerback. I would love to get Damari Mathis. I think he has the ability to play inside and out. I was a huge fan of him coming out of Pitt. So Damari Mathis would be somebody I'd be interested in as well from Denver. I just don't know if they'd be willing to move on from him. But, yeah, those are those are some options right now that's coming out. And What's up, Traffic? How's it going? Says, what's up, uh, TCC? What's up, Roberto Davis? And house? says, what's up, Ant? How's it going? Uh, glad you're in chat. And then Josh with a question here. Hunter from the Vikings. Daniil Hunter's an interesting option because we know that he worked out the new deal to get extra money this season, uh, but he didn't extend his deal. So it's a expiring contract. It looks like the Vikings could be in a state of flux real soon. Uh, they're obviously going to move on from Kirk Cousins during the offseason. They moved on from Adam Thielen. Uh, they're moving on from a lot of players. I think they want to keep Daniel Hunter there. But if they feel that moving on from him and picking up draft capital helps them be able to secure uh, their future, I could see them doing that. I think the 49ers will be interested depending on what it takes. I think the 49ers are hesitant to give up first-round picks, even though a first-round pick for a player that's going to make an impact and help you win a Super Bowl uh, is probably what you should do. I just think that there are things that they want to do to be able to build this team for the future, including getting an offensive tackle. I think that's important, either in the first round or second round. Uh, Also in the first round, you know, if they needed to, they could get an edge rusher they felt could be uh, dynamic. So I think those two are our options. Uh, But, yeah, Daniil Hunter would make sense. And as the Minnesota Vikings slowly slip into that abyss of not being capable of making the playoffs, I think they will sell off some of their pieces. Will Daniil Hunter be one of those guys? If he is, I could see the 49ers being interested. And with there being that connection between Vikings front office and 49ers front office, it's always a possibility. So I like that one overall. Robert Maybell says, go 49ers. I like that. Thanks for coming through, Robert. Really appreciate it. And Ernest in the house says, what's up, man? Glad to catch you live. Yeah, it's, I don't get to go live a whole lot. Uh, but when I do, I, I like to have fun. I'm trying to add some more lives into uh, my my weekly schedule. And so I thought I'd hop on here and do a live. I kind of put it out that I was going to do one. Uh, but I had to find time in my schedule to make it happen. And I did. And I jotted down a couple of positions uh, that maybe the 49ers had players they'd be interested in. And I thought a couple were interesting. And I don't know how you know how it would work. But you've got you know, Brian Burns, of course. That's the conversation point for so many. Uh, You know, Brad Graham from the SF Niners brings up Brian Burns and his availability to play for the 49ers. But what would it take to get a guy like Brian Burns? But one guy on their team, and I wonder how cheap it would be, 49ers had the opportunity uh, to sign him during the offseason, and they didn't, is Justin Houston. And I wonder if at this point uh, the, the Carolina Panthers look and it's like, well, maybe we could turn him into something. And the 49ers could go ahead and get Justin Houston. He's proven now that he can play at a high level. And maybe you could add him to the rotation. I don't know if he's an absolute game changer. But uh, watching his effectiveness on Sunday, I thought he did a very good job. And he could be somebody the 49ers could obviously entertain. And then the most brought up question from most 49ers fans is right tackle. I just don't know if there's a right tackle that's going to be available that the 49ers can pounce on. I have been brought with multiple you know, conversations about guys like Laramie Tunsell, Uh, you know, maybe the 49ers could, you know, go ahead and make a trade for him and then eventually put him in for Trent. I don't think financially that makes a lot of sense, uh, the way the 49ers construct their team, because I believe at some point, you know, they're probably going to have to bring in a new left tackle, but I think they'd like it to be a lot cheaper. Maybe the young player that they draft, that Chris Furster can develop, because I don't know when Trent Williams is actually going to step away. Uh, So I think that it's still... It's still something the four ers might need to address, but we'll see how that plays out and which teams kind of fall off. Here we go from David. It says, Derek Henry, not a need, but an expiring cheap contract would be fun. It's interesting every time that running back comes up because, yeah, Derek Henry's an absolute beast and he could finish on all kinds of runs. I just I don't know if the four ers would trade for running back. In other years, running back would have been there. But with McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell – I, I don't think they'll address that position. I think the the positions of need, or really not of need, but uh a positions you believe you can still upgrade on opposite of Nick Bosa, the defensive end there. I mean, even though I like what Cleveland Farrell and Drake Jackson have done, I don't think it's like an elite game changer that are is over there right now, and I'd like to see that. And then uh the other one that um I, make, I would I would think is probably in the secondary, maybe one of the corners to kind of sure up that nickel corner spot. And Pern says, when are you doing your sim, sir? It's going to come out tomorrow. So uh, Classic will be coming to record it today, and then we'll, we'll put it out tomorrow. Uh, so be ready for that 11 a.m. Pacific time. The Madden sim will be coming out. Uh, Shane, what's up? How's it going? Says, what's up, Aunt TCC? I appreciate you coming through, Shane. And then... Ernest says, I think right guard is a lot worse than right tackle. Uh, right guard needs to go. So Spencer Burford has definitely been catching a lot of fire uh, for his play. I think there has been plays that have definitely been a little bit of a mixed bag. Uh, we've seen him be highly successful in some areas and then struggle in others. Uh, but I'm not ready to kind of give up on Spencer Burford yet as a young player. I think with Colton McKivitz, he's been in the league since 2020. Spencer Burford has played two seasons. Uh, This is being his second. I think this is his first time playing every single down as the right guard. There are moments where Spencer Burford looks absolutely fantastic. He pulls really good. He gets movement uh, when he traps. He does a good job of getting to second level with his athleticism. I think sometimes what he struggles with a little bit is he gets a little bit top-heavy and gets a little bit unbalanced. And when that happens, then defensive lineman can disengage from him. So I do think he's still learning. I think he's got a lot of room to grow. So you're right. He hasn't played up to the level that we need from a right guard uh, consistently. But the flashes show you the potential of what Spencer Burford could be. And I think that right now, that's what Chris Furster is trying to develop. We've seen the development with Banks, who's a year in advance from Spencer, Bur- Spencer Burford. And let's see what happens. When Burford gets to that point of, you know, next year and he's had all these games that he's logged. So you're right. Right now, the right guard spot is a little bit of a question mark. I think Burford hasn't played to the best of his abilities, but I see so much potential in Spencer Burford that I don't think you're ready to move on now. The 49ers do have options if Burford starts struggling. You have John Feliciano who could always step in and play guard. But I think they've been pretty happy with Spencer Burford overall. And against the Giants and that blitz rate, he gave up four pressures. Not exactly what you're looking for. Uh, but when there's a pressure rate like that or a blitz rate like that, I, I think it did a you know showed a lot of his potential of what he could do. So I, I get what you're saying, Ernest, for sure about Spencer Burford, and it may be something they have to address. I think everyone's keeping an eye on right guard and right tackle because Jake Brendel, Aaron Banks, and Trent Williams have all been playing really good. So that's the focal point and Brock Purdy has been hurried. I think it's like 40% of snaps. Uh, Not the best rate. We'll see what happens when you get away from teams like the Giants that like to blitz every play, or as Brock Purdy continues to defeat the blitz all the time, maybe teams will back off and not want to do so much to bring pressure. So I think it's it's something to monitor still. I've always said that I thought by the Cowboys game we'd have a really good idea of what's up with this offensive line and whether they're – good enough to hold up consistently and be able to win when we get to the playoffs. And I know the playoffs are a long ways away, but uh, that'll be a matchup where you have a a very aggressive, good defensive line with very good edge defenders who can bring pressure with speed. And what that does, it makes it a little bit more difficult for McKivitz and creates more space for an interior defensive lineman to rush against Spencer Burford. And those are always things uh, that are, you know, make it a little bit more nerve wracking uh, for an offensive line. And and what's up to my guy, Mr. Corey? How's it going, Mr. Corey, in the house? And so I think, yes, there's there's question marks you know, about the offensive line, but maybe they're going to get answered. And right now the 49ers are highly effective running the football, and it's not like they're just running the ball to the left. Uh, they're also running the ball to the right, and a lot of that has to do uh, with pulling linemen. So uh, Spencer Burford, Aaron Banks have been both good pulling. I thought that – uh, Kyle Juszczyk, Charlie Warner has been Charlie Warner's been fantastic. Yes, is there a missed block here or there? Yes, but his blocking has been superb. And the combination of him, Kittle, uh, working with Banks and Burford have created some very good run lanes for the 49ers. And their duo blocks are great, combination blocks on point. I've been a huge fan of the run game for the 49ers and the effectiveness of of getting guys moving at the front line and being able to create. Uh, so I think they'll do that in this game. So uh, we got this from David. He said, I really dislike the Cards' Gannon. I hope we pummel them this weekend. I think you're right. I, I think there's a lot to dislike. Anytime it's a divisional rival, I automatically you'll want to win the game more than a normal football game. I think when it comes to Gannon, the 49ers, even though it's, it's not the Eagles, they still feel like, they had something they were going to do against Cannon's defense. And I feel like they didn't get the opportunity. Now that the 49ers are going to play Arizona, uh, you have a little bit of the Steve Wilkes factor. I don't think Wilkes will allow that to really uh, determine. But I think the 49ers are motivated. And they're motivated because the Dallas Cowboys just got beat for the, by the Arizona Cardinals. And the 49ers want to leave no doubt in every single game that they're in that they are the best team in the league. And I think now they're starting to get that, uh, you know, kind of that recognition from around the league, a recognition from the national media. And the 49ers are going out there and proving it every week. But more so, the 49ers know that this is huge because it's a divisional game. So they want to go in there and break the Arizona Cardinals' will and make it so the Cardinals feel like they can never come and beat them again. And that's always what you want to do. So, yeah, pummel away. Uh, get your run game going. Absolutely run over them. And then hit them with some play-action passes. Do like you did against Mexico City and pull away. I think the 49ers have the capabilities to do so. And, yeah, if there's a little bit of, of uh, hatred there, uh, well, that's okay as well. Mr. Corses, have you looked at the offensive linemen in the draft yet? I like Kingsley uh, Suamata from BYU and the center Bryce Fisher from Texas A&M. I haven't really got into the draft, so I have watched a little bit of college football. I try to watch uh, off and on, but uh, mainly I've been following my Knowles and uh, watching some USC, some Pac-12 football. But, no, I haven't broke them down. So, Mr. Corey, I'll try to get into that a little bit. Uh, But to be honest with you, the way my schedule is with all the recordings that I do and and just being in-depth and in tune with 49ers, I haven't really got a chance to look at draft. But when draft time comes, I guarantee you I will be all over it for sure. Ernest says, What did Gannon say about the Niners on the NFC Championship before and after? What did Steve Wilkes, why is he suing Arizona? Uh, With Gannon... It was mainly just that the 49ers you know, wanted to defeat that defense. They felt like there were opportunities to to make some big plays, and they're very vocal about that. I don't know what Gannon said. I haven't really paid attention. I know that people have been worked up a little bit about the things that Gannon has said uh, in the media. I haven't really paid attention to it. As far as Steve Wilkes, uh, a lot of it had to do with his firing and and how that was handled. He was basically there one year and then fired. There was also some conversations about the fact that he was given a cell phone, uh, that he was supposed to communicate with general manager uh, Steve Kime at the time, and he wasn't allowed to. Kime was suspended. So that was some violation of NFL rules. So there's some stuff going on there. I don't know the full details of it, uh, but a lot of it has to do with that. T.O. says, I hope they are motivated enough to stop a running quarterback. I think they are. They were motivated last week for stopping Daniel Jones. They're going to carry that over into Joshua Dobbs, and they know they need to force Joshua Dobbs to throw the football. Keep Joshua Dobbs in the pocket. If you keep him in the pocket, even Jawan Jennings, a former teammate at Tennessee, said keep Dobbs in the pocket make him defeat you with his arm. And right now, no team has made him do that, or he hasn't been able to do that because they've only won one game. So maybe that's something uh, to keep in mind. But, yeah, they got to be motivated to stop the read option. They've got to be motivated to keep him in the pocket with that uh, pass rush integrity. Uh, Travis says, I don't think Shanahan will ever forget the Colt McCoy game where he just shredded us. I'm sure he's always out for vengeance on them. Those are the kinds of things that make you think any given Sunday a team can win. And that's why you don't take anyone lightly. You go in there and you play one game seasons. Hey, this game is the one that matters. This is, don't throw out records. Throw it. Everything else, just go X's and O's, players and matchups every single week. That's how you do it. When when I used to when I coach, I told the players all the time. They would ask me, "Hey, coach, what's the record of the other team? They're undefeated." No, coach, I know they're not. In, co- they're undefeated. You have to you have to play like every team you play is playing at a high level and they're undefeated. And that's how you'll have consistent execution week in and week out. Princess cards thirteen. 49ers, 34. I think 49ers watched very closely when they win against Dallas as well as watch Dallas closely. I think you're right. I think I think that could be a possibility. 49ers favored by 14. So it makes a lot of sense. Mr. Corey says, do you think we missed a chance to upgrade at guard with Dalton Reisner signing with Minnesota? I think the 49ers are happy with their guard play right now. I don't know if that will be the case, you know, three, four weeks from now when the trade deadline comes up. You know, I don't know if that's when they'll decide, you know, to move on. But I think they like that Spencer Burford's developing. I think there's areas where he's superb and areas where he needs to pick it up. But I think Banks has looked really good. Uh, So, I mean, you always want to make upgrades if they're there. uh, But if you feel like your player has a potential to step up and he's cheap, you always go with that way. So I think the Four ers are happy with their guards right now, but it doesn't mean it won't change, you know, two weeks from now, three weeks from now if they start struggling uh roberto davis connor 70 yards over or under ooh that's tough i'm gonna go under i think 70 is a pretty close number but i'm gonna go under i think they're gonna be committed to the run game and i think they'll probably try to run it way more than they should but i think the 49ers will come in and they'll stuff that run of james connor i think they're gonna have to use other uh, ball carriers to to do something for the arizona cardinals so i look for a keontae ingram uh, to get a couple of carries. I look for them to try to get the ball to Rondell Moore, uh, jet sweeps, uh, maybe a couple of reverse plays to get the 49ers to uh, overcommit to the run and then try to hit them on the backside. You know, when, when the 49ers are hyper-aggressive, I think those are possibilities. Uh, so I'm going to say Connor under 70. I think the 49ers hold the Cardinals under 100 yards for sure. I, the 49ers are going to shut this thing down. Uh, the defense is too good. Wilk's ability to get extra defenders around the line of scrimmage and just make Joshua Dobbs prove that he can beat you. Put eight guys in the box until he proves he can win. And if, if, they ca- if he can't, then you never have to change. You take away their run game. You make them one-dimensional. You make Joshua Dobbs beat you. I think that's the way the 49ers go about it in this matchup. So, guys, I'm going to check out. Thank you guys so much for coming through. I really appreciate it. I'm going to continue to try to do uh, more lives. Of course, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online, uh, it's where the game starts. So, thanks everyone for coming through. I'll catch you guys on the next one. Until then, stay safe. Remember, the right way is always the 49ers' way.